I'm Stephanie Howe, co-host of Get Inspired and Innovate, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Shooks and Gifts, Season 4, Episode 7, entitled Hellman and Gift Bros United. In this episode, I am joined by Charity Hellman, and we talk about online whiteboard tools, making interactive PDFs, an interactive tool for real-time feedback and assessment, leaving comments in docs, and finding old web content to access those broken links. Let's give it a go. Welcome to Shooks and Gift, the podcast where we share edtech treasures we love. Each week, we'll share a tool, podcast, tip, or trick with you, our listeners. We are your hosts, Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen. Let's give it a go. Hey, Charity. Hey, Jen. What do you get from a pampered cow? I don't know. What do you get? Spoiled milk. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. All right, everyone. Hi, and welcome to Shooks and Gifts Season 4, Episode 6? Are we at 7? What are we on? I think 7. I'm going to go with 7. Yes, we are 7. I'm there. I am joined today by my bro. She's literally my bro, Charity Hellman. Charity and I met, yeah, two or three years ago um, at a a conference here in Ontario. Uh, Charity is from the great province of uh, Alberta. She lives in Bragg Creek, just outside Calgary, for those who don't know. She worked for 10 years uh, in the independent schools and in a single independent school, right, Charity, in just outside Calgary? Yes. Or just or in Calgary, right? Yeah. Right in Calgary. Yeah. And uh, just now, in Calgary, yeah. now works uh, as a consultant, mostly for the Cobblestone Collective, formerly EdTech Team Canada. For those of you who don't know, they've rebranded, in case you hear Cobblestone and are wondering what that is. And uh, she's amazing. She is also a Google certified innovator. She was part of the Toronto 16 cohort. I love her. I learn from her every time we work together. And I'm so, so happy that you're here with me, Charity. Welcome. Thank you. I am humbled and honored to be part of this. Very fun. Now, we will warn people that Charity is on rural-ish Wi-Fi, but now you're on like satellite Wi-Fi, right? Is Is that what happens now? Yeah, we've connected to Elon Musk Starlink, which is super cool and big new innovation in the world. So uh, it's going well so far. Did you get a free Tesla with that? Uh, that would be nice, right? <laughs> Wouldn't it be? <laughs> At any rate, if it, if it sounds a little bit weird or there's some there's some glitches, that's that's just the power of the internet. And since now we're uh, we're going remote, Charity and I are actually sitting on a Google Meet. This is how we're gonna uh, we're gonna go. And if if we, you know glitch out every now and then I'll try my best to edit it or I won't and, and this is how we're gonna go today <laughs> this is what we do um one of my favorite things about charity is her ability to pivot on the spot and this past spring when we worked um for cobblestone and then edtech team canada it was not unusual for charity to lose wi-fi just before in the middle of a presentation she would get in her car I'm not joking folks she would get in her car these are like live record like online 
presenting video like we're all used to now and all of a sudden she'd pop up back into the Google Meet or into the Microsoft Teams meeting in her car near like at the end of her driveway or in a school or where were you the parking lot nearby like poaching the wi-fi so that she could get reliable wi-fi like she's like no i'm not giving up this is what i'm doing and she would go i would be so flustered but you were just like such a champ when you did this and this is what i what i love about you is that dedication and like you just roll with the punches you're like okay let's do it oh that's that's sweet of you to say (laughs) um i was i was flustered but uh you know certain composure there for sure and and uh, when you dedicate yourself to something and commit to it, you got to make sure you get it done and do it right. Well, that's that's how you do it. The other thing I love about Charity mm-hmm. is I think this might be the first episode that I'm sitting and enjoying a nice glass of red wine whilst we record. For those of you who know Kim, she's a bit of a teetotaler. She's not a drinker. So, and often too, we would record during our lunch hours. So it's like Monday night, it's 9.15 here, it's 7.15 charity. And I sat down to record and she said, a glass of wine. I said, oh, good idea. And I actually put us on pause and ran and got a glass of wine. So if you are in a place where you can also enjoy a glass of wine, do so. If you're at school, please don't. Not not recommend it. If you're driving your car, definitely do not. Um, but otherwise, we, we hope you sit back and enjoy because charity and I, bros united, have... Uh, have some some cool shares. So let me, Charity, let you go first. Guests first. I I, I peeked ahead, and there's actually a, a couple on here. One that we've we've touched on ages ago, and it's changed a little bit. But then a new one that I have on my list to potentially talk about. So I'm glad that you you are doing that. Go ahead. You start with wherever you want on that list. All right. Awesome. Well, I kind of wanted to go with a little bit of a theme in my shares, and honestly, Jen, like trying to think of something that you haven't done. I, I know there's some overlap here, but it's a tough job to think of that. So my first one, um, I was on Facebook recently, and this woman, I don't know her, her name is Jordan Lee. Um, she had posted in a GEG group on Facebook about whiteboard dot chat. And I was like, okay, screenshot on my phone, I have to check it out. So I go into it, and it's pretty darn awesome what it has to offer yeah um the first time i went in i was a little overwhelmed like holy smokes what are all these things on the on the little side menu on the left side um you'll see a whole menu of buttons but if you click on the pancakes up in the top left um it's all there in text as well so you don't have to understand what every icon means yeah because it's it's great it's it's very busy it's very busy on the side and this this is the one i'm glad you're talking about because i saw it too and it's like it's awesome but yeah i got in the same thing and i felt very overwhelmed it was like where do i start yeah yeah for sure and there is a little tutorial the first time you're in kind of leads you through where everything is and what everything is but this this is what i love about it um you can create workbooks for your students so on your whiteboard you're kind of creating this workbook and then when you invite when you invite students to be part of that they get a copy of that workbook so this resonated with me because in working with the cobblestone collective and edtech team canada when they were that um a lot of teachers that we worked with were like well how do i make my pdf interactive so this is another solution to that problem because they can put their pdf on, they can upload them onto this whiteboard.chat and now their students can annotate them and work with them, which is so great. Um, so I love that. You can also put images in as well. You can create right there on the spot, like drawing and whatnot. Um, and then you, like I said, you invite your students to be part of it and then they get their own copy. 
once they have their own copy, there's something called grid view that as a teacher, you can go to and you can see each of your students boards simultaneously. And but, then, but they can't, but they can't at that point see each other, which is what I love that you can go yeah. in and you can spy because one of the things I'm finding really difficult doing this online and virtual teaching, which I've been doing since September, at least a few periods a day, regardless, like we we're just coming back. Hopefully if we don't get the snowstorm, they anticipate um, <laughs> we're going back tomorrow face to face again. Um, but often if I want to check someone's work and I, I do a lot in Google slides and docs, the, Meet does like this number on the RAM on my computer. Like it slows me right down. So then to open another yeah. window and scroll through in Google Classroom to look is hard. And that's what I want. I want that grid view for the love, Google. Give me grid view of assignments in Google Classroom. But that's not there. And that's what this offers. Yes. And I absolutely love it. And another big pro is when you're in that grid view, if you see little Johnny, you know, maybe they're needing help with something, you can actually join their workbook as a teacher and go in and help them out and answer questions uh, on their board. So I love that. Um, a couple of a couple other features that I really like is there's the raise hand feature within it. The students can do that. There's a chat. There's a built-in timer. You can take polls in this. Like there's so many great things. There's breakout groups. Yeah. You can lock students from editing so you can show stuff on your board and then have them go get to work. Yeah, they can also, um, you can show stuff on other students' boards. So I was actually playing yeah. with this, I want to say Friday night with my student, with my students, with my, with my children. <laughs> and I said, okay, guys, will you just jump on with, and they were on tablets because I wanted to see what the device um, compatibility was. And I said, okay, let's share this one. So we shared Bennett's. And then, or no, sorry, we shared Tanner's and then they all started writing on it and Tanner started crying. <laughs> Say, I don't want them to draw my pictures, snowman, turned into a thing. And so then I said, okay, well, we're just learning. This is what we're doing. We're, it's not a big deal. Um, and I was able to then lock it. So when you share it, be, be wary with that. And this is, again, it's whiteboard.chat that play around with a little bit first because you might inadvertently share another student or a student's work and then another student will draw on it. So there's certain locking and it just... That tutorial, like you said, when you come in is key because it does show you that, but I also love to play around with it. Absolutely. Um, one other thing that I think, um, well, there's two other things I'm going to tell you about with this. It's got, if you go to, I think it's the paint palette, if I recall, going back in. If you open up the paint palette, which is across the top, there's special characters. So if you're a music teacher, you can actually add a, a music sheet background and then you can pull up your music special characters. If you open up the drop down menu there, you've got, you know, you've got math, you've got manipulatives, 3D shapes, there's currency. It's pretty awesome. That's yeah, really um, cool. The, cur the currency is really wicked. Okay? Oh, look, and they have, they have um, thinking maps. You can, you can full out have them make a, like a, a graphic organizer of sorts or a, a mind map. Is one of those yeah, drop downs. like there's so much there. Look at the this candies, Valentine's. Like it's pretty wicked what they do often. I, I love it. Um, so it's a great feature. But the best feature of all, Jen, it's totally free. Yes, yes. Well, we buried the lead. We buried the lead. Yes, it is free. <laughs> it's totally free, and it's it's safe too because you can log in, but you don't have to log in. Bingo. Yes, love that. Love that. I, and if they, okay, so tell me, have you played with this enough? Cause I didn't, I, I told my kids to log in. It's like, I give you permission. I'm your parent. I'm okay with this. Um, 
have you, what ha if they log in or no, if they, no, sorry, they didn't. Cause I asked them, did you have to log in? Did you press, you know, for us, our gaps, which is our, our Gmail uh, edu account in our district. Um, did you push that button? And they're like, no, I just had to put my name. So I wonder what happens if yeah. they, if they log in, is there any kind of like backend tracking on it? Do you know, have you looked into that? I haven't gone that deep into it yet. Oh. I just found this in the last week when I was like, what am I going to well, show it's, Jess? <laughs> it's new though. It's like, I found out about it from Eric Kurtz and his, um, his emails that he sends out saying the input output. And that was one of his inputs was, Hey, I, I found this thing and it's, it's actually really cool. So I've only known about it I, less than two weeks that I've seen. It. it just came out of nowhere. And it wasn't for me, it wasn't one of these things. And I correct me if I'm wrong listeners, but it wasn't one of these things that was small, small grew. It all of a sudden was like, we have this thing and here it is. Like, it was very exciting. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But as a teacher, if you're logging in, you have the ability to save your workbooks and you can save your boards. So that's a nice feature as a teacher to log in. But yeah, as, as the students, like I, I shared it with a couple of my fake students in yeah. my educator account. And, yeah. uh, and all I had to do was enter your name. So That's awesome. There's also a button up here that says video call in it. I wonder if you can embed a video call right in the board. So if you are learning in an asynchronous way, but just wanted to jump in at that moment to help them when you saw if you could do that. I think you can. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. There is so much potential yeah. in this. I'm so glad you shared it because I, I really do think a lot of people are going to be able to use this. And it's more than just a whiteboard. Like I, when I first came on, I'm like, oh, okay, it's a whiteboard. It's like um, whiteboard.fi, which I know you're going to speak about a little bit later. I saw that on there, which I love. I love this tool or that tool. And I came on here and I was like, oh, oh, it's that and more. And it's Jamboard and more. Like there's, other than the like seamless Google integration, I'm like, oh, this, this actually does a lot of really cool stuff. I love that you can change a lot of colors, which were bound in, um, in Jamboard, like Jamboard is, is pretty, is still very um, rudimentary in, in your ability to do things it's like Google Sheet or Google Slides yeah. rather when it first came out and that we were so limited. I find Jamboard still a little bit like that. But this is like boom, blown the ceiling off that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love how you can personalize it with your colors. You know, you can, as a teacher, you can go in, choose your favorite color, or change your pen color, change your pen width. Um, there's just so much, like, like we said in the beginning, super busy when you look at it, but that's because there's so much it has to offer. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's really, really good. So that is whiteboard.chat. Check that out. Super awesome. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go, um, in a, a, the same ish kind of direction with you, but not, does that make sense? Not really. Let me explain. So I want to talk about... <laughs> Another thing that I heard from in that very same um, newsletter from Eric Kurtz, uh, I think it's it's called Thinkio or Thinkio. It's interactive PDFs. Have you seen this? I checked it out when I was looking at your show notes. I was like, Ooh, so I like um, you for the yeah for the people who use Google Read and Write or Cami, um, either on a personal level or on a professional level. Imagine that stripped right down. That's, I think, the best way I can describe it. It makes interactive PDFs. And I heard about it and I, I from Eric, and I, well, I heard about it actually before. And then Eric shared it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to explore it a little bit more. And then I had a friend reach out and say, listen, I have this really great course pack for this course I'm teaching. It's all PDFs um, for a lot of the, like, just not all the work, but some of the work they're doing. And I don't want to have to recreate. So I, I talked about PDF Candy, 
which I I've shared before on the show. If you, if you haven't heard that episode, I think I've mentioned it a few times. PDFcandy.com is amazing. It can basically do anything to a PDF. And I said, Oh, this is probably what you want. Cause you could strip it into a Google doc. But the problem with that is it can only be so many pages and this is a whole workbook. And he's like, I don't know. And I said, Hey, hold on. I, I heard about this other thing. So it's, it's think, think I O dot I T. Um, and you go in and basically it says, okay, as a teacher, you can upload a worksheet or a PDF document. So you upload it. And I'm not saying that, that this is the best way to do it, but let's be honest. Sometimes you have a great worksheet and it supplements other learning that you might do. I think there's a time and a place for that kind of learning. I just don't, I don't think for me, it's not the all the time kind of learning. So it says, okay, start by uploading your worksheet. Then you send the link to the students. And again, very user-friendly because they can log in to save their work or they don't have to if they're going to be doing it in one sitting. The problem with that potentially is if they're in one sitting and they have an internet blip, they might lose some of their work, which I don't love, but I would just warn them. It's sort of like Google Forms, right? Like if you're working on a Google Form and your internet blips out, you might lose some of the work. So we just need to be proactive. Really quick interruption here because I don't want to go against what I said last week in the pop-up episode, the oh aha overflow that I did about Google. Saving Google Forms is coming, but I recorded this episode with Charity before we got that announcement. So what I just said, don't worry about that soon. But for right now, you still have to worry about it because we can't, uh, we can't save yet, but it's coming. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Back to the episode. So then I, I go in, I've uploaded my worksheet or my PDF, whatever it happens to be, I share the link with my students. And then instantly that worksheet is interactive. And you're like, okay, well, what does that look like? I can insert text boxes and type over them. I can draw lines. I can, so all the things that we would generally have students do pen to paper, they can do. When they're done, they hit, there's a button and I, I, I uh, it escapes me now and I don't have one open and I, I don't want like it's as much fun as it is to listen to a podcast where they just navigate things on the screen of their computer. I'm not going to do that for us here, but there is a button that they push to say like submit or turn like it's, or I, they send it back to the teacher at any rate. And then boom, the teacher gets it back and you can look at the work that they've done. They can also at that point, I believe, download it to their own device. I think that's part of it. And again, our favorite four letter F word, free, right? Free. So the same nice. way that whiteboard.chat will make your PDFs interactive if that's what you have, especially if we're in a situation, here's what I equate it to. Like when you're all of a sudden thrust into the, oh, we're going online now. And you're like, ah, but the next few things I had on paper, it buys us a couple of days potentially, right? To be able to shift that learning from something that we were going to do in class to something that we're going to do online. Or if you only have, like, I have this really cool activity I do with my leadership class. Um, it's, hey, in for NASA, um, you're going to the moon, there's 15 items, rank them in order of importance. Have you ever seen this? I have another one that's a bomb shelter uh -oh. and you have to take your whole class plus 10 people and you have a list of 15 and they have to choose which ones they want to keep based on what they value in people, right? So there's like a, a mother and her child, there's a doctor, there's a this and like, anyway. Um, so for those, I, I don't have nice copies of them and they're really, sometimes people just want to draw them up and I'm thinking of activities like that where you, you have this yeah. great... Um, worksheet and you want to do it not full packets where it's okay let's sit and do rote math necessarily but those sort of one-offs are the days where we need to do that quick pivot um yeah or for or for students who just like worksheets like there's some kids for enrichment they're just like parents who are like you know what let's give them some worksheets because they work well and they'll keep out of my hair maybe that way 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I dropped into this um, when I saw it in your show notes. I thought that is a really cool solution for, you know, like you said, the one-offs and those great things that they've used and they work and they've used them for years and they are those PDFs or they are those worksheets and, and this is a solution for them yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, I think about um, a lot of like high school uh, phys ed teachers who might have like one week of, of health scattered throughout a, a, yeah. like a year and they're doing a lot of really interactive things but then when it comes to that unit it's like okay well, we have this and we spent a lot of time researching it and building this and you, you don't want the work to go for naught anyway I don't know I, I, I don't right. want I don't want to sound like we're pushing packets but I also don't want to sound like we're judging you for using them either right like you do what you got to do to make it work for your students in front of you and I think this is something that could yeah. absolutely help and I know um, the friend that I shared it with he had a look at it and he's like he, he ended up using Read and Write because it was already pushed out in our district. But he said, if this doesn't work, I'm absolutely going to go to this Think.io tool because it looks really straightforward. And again, it's the sort of thing that depending on your district, you might have permission. You could ask parent permission if you wanted them to log in and to be able to save things. But again, it, it just really can make worksheets interactive instantly online. Nice. That's and it's elevating them, right? It's yeah. elevating them past this paper pencil kind of thing. Absolutely. And and especially right now, like I don't I don't know about other areas, but for us, if we make photocopies, I have to let them sit for 72 hours before we can hand them out. Oh, yeah. And I can't touch them. Students need to come up and grab them one at a time. So this could and they're all coming in with devices. We're a one-to-one school even before the pandemic. So this could work potentially for people who are one-to-one that find a really great PDF resource. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Share number two. Great. Great show. Thanks. Oh, okay. So you already alluded to my second one. Um, so I went into the theme of whiteboards, online whiteboards. And the next one is whiteboard.fi. So I thought if I'm talking about whiteboard.chat, I'm going to talk about whiteboard.fi because there are a lot of similarities, but there are some differences as well. Um, Susan Stewart actually um, showed this in the spring. I was... Um, an admin on one of her virtual sessions with EdTech Team Canada, and um, she showed her participants this, and I thought that's really cool. Like, it's a great option, right? Yeah. Um, I especially think especially really for littles, for for the little learners. Is that what you were about to say? Yeah, especially yeah. for the little learners, for sure. Um, and again, it's free. Um, so that's great. As a teacher, you can register, you can log in, um, but your students don't need to log in to be part of this. And so a couple of the things that I do like about this is you can create something as a teacher, just like whiteboard.chat, and then you can push it out to all your students um, in that synchronous setting. And you can see them all at once. You can see all your students' little whiteboards, and you can have them do something. And then you can immediately whiten them clean, just like using a whiteboard in a physical classroom. So I thought it's a really cool share. Um, it's it's easy it's free it's not overly complicated like it, you can make it as complicated and as complex i guess if you want um but it, it's pretty user friendly and um well i shouldn't say totally free i guess there is a freemium it is free. but it used to be free though like when we first talked about it shooks and i talked about it a couple seasons ago, I want to say, we we talked about it. We loved it. I found it. And I was like, oh, this could be really cool. It was when we weren't remote. So we weren't like people weren't on a lot. And I was like, but it's a really fun thing. Um, but they I noticed in the last I don't I don't know when, but in the last little bit I went on, I'm like, oh, hold on a second. What does this add here? And what does this mean? And so yeah, it's freemium. It's freemium. 
which isn't always a bad thing. Like yeah. good tools, like people do, need to make money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Um, so with the free account, you just get temporary rooms. So whereas you can save your boards with whiteboard.chat, you can't with whiteboard.fi, but it's really great for those like in the moment type, let's do a quick assessment, like give me some feedback right now kind of thing. Um, so that's the difference where, um, you know, you, you can save and you can work a little bit longer with some things in whiteboard.chat, whiteboard.fi is more in the moment, synchronous. Let's get some, some quick stuff going here. I also find that the interface, like the, the UX, uh, does, like the design of whiteboard.fi is more user-friendly, which is why I think that yeah. K6 crowd or even K4 crowd, it might be easier for them that, for that in the moment. Like, oh, let's just draw yeah. on some whiteboards right now, friends. And, and they put that on because there aren't as many buttons and it doesn't look as overwhelming overwhelming whiteboard.chat looks really professional right like with the, all the icons and it like there's a lot there whereas whiteboard.fi you get into it and I'm just going to open one right here quickly to make sure that it hasn't changed since I looked a little while ago <laughs> but it's as you know sometimes you can yeah it's just okay here we go let's look at my whiteboard and there's there's a few tools across the top so it, it looks a lot like um, docs or word if that's what they're used to rather than yeah. the other one reminds me a lot of um, like uh, like Photoshop and it's not as complex as Photoshop if I said that and it scares you because I know Photoshop scares me a little bit um, whiteboard.chat is just down the side there's icons that we don't necessarily we haven't seen before they're not as familiar so yeah I, I definitely like this one for the the user interface a little bit more Absolutely. And for the mathies, it has a math equation editor in it. So you can do that. Um, not as many icons as whiteboard.chat, but, you know, like we mentioned, it's got its different, different uses, different, I think, different crowd for whiteboard.fi for sure. Easy to share with your students. You can have them join with a link, just drop it in your Google Classroom if that's what you're using or whatever your LMS is, or even a QR code. If you've got kids with iPads, scan the, the QR code. Oh yeah, that's a really good idea. I didn't know that they had an that they had an icon, <laughs> a QR code um, creator. That's awesome. Okay, I love that. So there you go. Two different whiteboards, ways to use PDFs. I'm going to now. You did you see me sort of react when you said the fact that like one's an in the moment, whereas one you can have more preparation for? Because this is a beautiful segue. It's like we it's like we planned it, but we didn't because it's shooks and gif. We don't always plan things. Um, have you seen, I have been saving this one literally since the first episode of this season. So we're into to episode seven now. And I've had it on my list since the beginning, but every single episode I push it for some reason or another, because I'm like, well, it's big and I played and I, I just, I, I don't know that I can speak to it. And every time I'm like, I really need to show this and I need time. So I am going to show you spiral.ac. Have you seen this tool before? No. Okay. And I popped into it very quickly when I saw it in your notes. I was like, this looks really awesome. We're going to play with this. So if I need to edit some of this out, I will, because it might be some of you clicking around to really get it. But I've hopefully set it up properly. I've used it a couple of times with my students last semester. Um, I, I'd like to dive into it more, but I'm a big believer in don't inundate them with tools. Like I, I had a colleague actually say to me like, oh, you must be, I can't imagine how many tools you're using getting them engaged. I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to overstimulate them. I'm picking ones that I think work for them and what they do. If they, they show they're engaged, I play that one out like, you know, a radio station plays a top 40 song until they're so bored of it. And then we'll move on to another until they really know it. 
um, I, I don't want to write, I don't want to overwhelm them with, okay, how do I do this one now? And especially a lot of the students that I work with who have learning exceptionalities and I, it just, it's not fair to them. So this is one that I love, but I've only like dipped my toe into from a teaching perspective formally, but I've played with a fair bit. Okay. So spiral.ac is currently free while we are in remote learning. Okay, that's the one. It's owned by Discovery Education. And I think if Discovery puts their name on it, it's going to be good because Discovery Education is generally pretty top shelf stuff and usually behind a yeah. paywall, which is, you know, it's nice that it's not. So imagine a tool that brought together um, Kahoot, uh, these whiteboard ones that we're talking about, an amped up version of Slides, and Edpuzzle. And another one that I don't know what to put it in. That's that's basically what it is. So there are five parts. There's Quickfire Light, Quickfire, Discuss, Team Up, and Clip. I'm not going to talk about the last three other than to say this. Discuss is called an interactive presentation. It's like Google Slides, but all of a sudden in the middle of you guys or any any group um, working together, they're going to be like, I'm going to present all of a sudden, and you can present to the other people in the group as you work or brainstorm or whatever. There is one called Team Up, which is a collaborative project. To me, it's like a, a work management tool that it, it's almost like, I, I don't know what to equate this to that I know, but it's a whole bunch of tools. It's like project management in a, a single ed tech tool. And then there's Clip, which is video Q&A, which is like Edpuzzle, but I don't think it's quite as powerful as Edpuzzle. That's those three. But the ones I want to focus on with you today, Charity, are Quickfire Lite and Quickfire. So we said whiteboard.fi is like, um, a, like just quick fly in the moment. Let's just jump in and go because of the fact that it's freemium and this is how we're going to use it. Now, Quickfire Lite is like that. It's not that it's freemium. These are all free. Um, Quickfire Lite is just that quick in the moment. I don't want to set anything up. It's going to be a verbal back and forth. So I am going to try to find the lesson that I create. Oh no, I don't need to because quick fire light, you don't need to have anything ready. So I am going to pull up and in fact, I will share my screen with you here, Charity, so that you can see and listeners at home, you can't see my screen and I do apologize for that, which is probably good because if you're anything like me listening to a podcast, you're probably in the car and you shouldn't be doing that. And I know that uh, Ryan and Brian and check this out every now and then will like give shout outs to me like Jen Giffen, stop writing down because I always have like a pad of papers I'm scribbling. All right. So you see my screen now. Charity is going to go to gospiral.ac. Now, Charity is working on two screens. I can see her looking another way or she's just totally not paying attention and she's like looking out her window, but I think it's more the former than the latter. And, the second and screen, yeah, yeah, exactly. And she's going to go to gospiral.ac and she's going to join using my quick fire code. Now, here's what happened. When I signed in as the teacher, I could create classes. I can import my list from Google Classroom. Remember that Sharing from Google Classroom doesn't mean that it's safe because you're now sharing with Discovery Education. So make sure you know your policy rights for your district. Um, so you're in and Charity's going to insert the code here. And this is the code just for my own personal classroom. She sees it there on the screen. And it should yep. say that you're coming in soon. Have you put it in yet? Are you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm in there. Oh, join activity. You have to click there you go. that. Yes. Thank you for that. So when, when they get in, there is this weird thing that says join activity. Now I want to say this, trying to do these activities on a uh, mobile device, like on your cell phone for students is difficult. 
because, and not so much this one that we're doing, not quick fire light, but the other quick fire, because there's different elements to it. And when I get to there, I'll explain it, but it's meant for a bigger screen. You need a bit more real estate. So be cognizant of that. Should you choose to use it? You might get in and see this and be like, yeah, let's do it. But if you have most of your students on like learning from beds on their iPhones, like most of my period one class, then it's not going to work. Um, super well. Okay, so Charity Bro is in here. And on my screen now it shows, oh, Charity's in here. And I said, okay, yep. students are here, I can press go. So I press go. And Charity's screen all of a sudden turns into, okay, wait for your teacher and the teacher's going to give a prompt. Because in Quickfire Light, all of the prompts are verbal. So I might say um, something like, um, Charity, based on the weather report that we were lo just looking at for Ontario, how many inches or centimeters of snow do you think I might get tomorrow morning? And then Charity can enter her answer. And once she enters her answer on the teacher screen, I see, oh, an answer has been submitted. And it says answer hidden. Now here's what I love about it. Because I don't believe teachers who say they aren't biased. I just don't. I think we all have a certain bias. And you know what? I don't think it's a bias always in a bad way. I feel mm -hmm. for my own education, I played the game of school really well. And I got really great marks and grades, right? It was good. And when I got to university, I sort of got slammed for my writing because it wasn't that good. And I don't blame my teachers from high school other than when they saw my name, they're like, oh, she probably knows what she's talking about because orally I can be very strong, but written, I wasn't as strong. So had they not seen my name on a paper, I may have gotten more descriptive feedback. My marks may not have been that high. Maybe like there may have been more improvement there. What I love about this is I can just reveal an answer without seeing the students' names. Or I have another button that says show names, which then will show me that student's name. So then I can go through and I can say, oh, correct. And if I hit the correct button, they get a little star and they say, or I can say improve. And if I click improve, it throws it back to the student and it says, hey, do you want to improve this answer? So it's not yeah. wrong. It's never wrong at this point. I, there's always that back and forth feedback that we can have that I love. Now, if I had another question, so Charity might say, okay, you know, she's going to insert a new, like she's going to add to her answer. She's going to resubmit. And then I can say, oh, okay. She went 24 inches by morning instead of just 24 inches. Of what there was. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. That's a lot of snow. Good Lord. I hope not. Okay. If I chose not to give feedback. If I just wanted to go ahead and, and, you know, collect that, I can just hit next question. And then I would answer, ask the next question. So I'm going to ask one more question of charity. I'm going to say to her, okay, charity, um, who is your favorite character from the sound of music? <laughs> you can, if you've never seen it, you can just make up a name. This is what pops into Jen Giffen's head is the sound of music. So Charity's going to enter. Now it's not answer. letting me. Oh, sorry. And here we go. It's not letting her answer because I forgot to hit the go button. Teachers have to hit the go button. And by the way, the go button is green and it sort of flashes a little. So you would think that you would see it, but you don't. Well, at least I don't because I just expect it. And the kids are always like, miss, we can't put it when I've used it the few times. So Charity's put her answer now and I can either yeah. give her... I can give her feedback on that or I can choose just to go to the next. So Charity has said the littlest kid, Gretel. She couldn't remember her name, but that's Gretel, yes. And at this point now I can hit finish quick fire. So I finish quick fire and it shows me how many questions were asked, how many answers, the overall performance if I've actually marked it 
um, so when you hit that correct star, if I've starred them, it will show me for the students how many they've gotten. So if I want just a quick back and forth for actual discussion, this works. If I wanted a quick back and forth and actually collect data on what they said and marking them yes or no, that works. I can also in this, I believe if I were to start it again, if there were more people in here, I can share certain answers with the whole class. So I can be like, oh, look, this is a great answer for what I'm, especially if I've gotten one in that I really love and I've sent a bunch back for students to improve. Why don't you use this as a model for the kind of expectation we have to achieve the level that we're looking for to meet our success criteria? So I can share that as we go, right? Isn't that cool? Oh, Charity's frozen, but she, oh, there, she's back. I'm here. You're back. Um, so that, do you like that? That's pretty cool, right? I, I love this and I love the language. Like I love improve as opposed to incorrect. Me too. And the LA teacher in me is like, this would be great for uh, like reading comprehension. Yes. You know, reading the story, getting kids to answer as you're reading back, like ask a question, stop, you know, it's great. I love it, love it, love yeah, it. Love that. Okay. So we are now going to go in, if I can remember how to get back to it, I'm going to open a different one. And this time I'm going to use um, a quick fire instead of quick fire light. Now, remember the difference is quick fire light. I just have to orally ask a question. There's nothing there on the screen. Charity has to pay attention, but that's not going to work for all of our learners. And that's not going to work for all of our situations, right? That's not going to um, work in a case where we have to show them an image, for example, on the screen. So this is when you might switch over to quick fire, um, the, the regular instead of light and it's multimedia, which I also love. So I will open my quick fire demo here. And there are a whole bunch of different types of questions. So you can open and have an open question, sort of like the ones that I was just asking, a closed that has a single answer, a poll, which is a poll, multiple choice, a canvas, which allows students to draw, annotate, where they can annotate on your screen. And then there's one that's audio, but audio really, I find it's glitchy on the mobile. And canvas and annotation, again, they need a lot of real estate. So it's better for students who are on a um, on a screen like on a computer be it a, uh, a Chromebook or a PC or a Mac maybe even on a, um, a tablet but if they're on their their actual small cell phones probably not great okay so I am going to start this by going here so I can choose I can say okay I want to save and I want to launch this and again this is where it reminds me of Kahoot do you want to launch it to run it live or set it as an assignment that students can do self-paced on their own. All right, we're getting, I'm going to launch this live and Charity's going to see the different kinds of questions that we have. So again, she's going to go to ghostviral.ac. Charity, it's actually the same code. So I think you have to hit like the back button or refresh to get in it. And then I sit as the teacher and I wait and I can see, I can set, oh, by the way, as she loads in, I'll tell you too. I can in this set timers, I can um, unlock or lock um, certain aspects. I can have an exit ticket if I want to. I have all my questions down the side. My students are coming in. It's super good. Okay, Charity's here. Awesome, so I'm going to start. And so my first question is, tell me about your weekend. And this is an open question. So Charity can write whatever she wants. And once her answers are in, same as last time, I can either show the name or not. Again, if I don't wanna be biased, or especially if I'm going to then share that card with the class or if I'm projecting this screen I don't necessarily want them to see the students who have done a really stellar job and the students who have maybe phoned in a little bit 
so I can see this and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to reveal the answers. And I say, yeah. And there's this pop out, see charity, you can see it on the screen. And that's when I can go and look at a single answer that I can use as my example to the class. And I can say, oh yeah. So she had good times with her friends and a delicious Valentine's Day dinner with her husband. Oh, keep it PG, charity. And I'm going to mark that as correct. Amazing. So that's that. I go to the next question and it will automatically, this is a closed question. This one says, Jen is smart and dot, dot, dot. And you have to get the right word. And Charity knows me well, so she should get this. And anyone who's been in anything with me will, will know what, what, what I'm going to say here. And it is true. Pretty is the correct answer. Now, here's the thing. Charity put an exclamation mark. If you, if you don't, if you never see me live in person, I have stickers that say smart and pretty and I hand them out. They're amazing. They're very fulfilling for you. And I actually have mine right beside my keyboard. And so when people say, you're so smart, I'm like, and I'm pretty. <laughs> and it's very funny to everyone. Um, Charity put an exclamation mark at the end of her pretty. So it didn't automatically mark it as correct because I have it lowercase, uppercase pretty, but I can go in and say, okay, correct. But if she put exactly the same, then it would auto mark it for us. Right? Good, right? Oh, very good. All right. Let's see the next one. How many tablespoons are in a liter? Just take your best guess. Um, this is... oh, <laughs> I knew this one best would be guess. hard. Okay. okay. I love this though, because with the last one, I got it correct. I got a star. Yeah. And you did. You got the feel makes you feel so good. Okay. So we're going to reveal the answers. And she guessed 120. No, it's 68 actually. So again, okay. I can, at this point, it doesn't actually let me go back and say, oh, improve because in the multiple choice, you can't, it's right or it's wrong, right? It's not try again. At least I haven't figured out how to do try it again. And then, okay, here. So now here's where our language arts teaching, like love comes out charity. It's a canvas yeah. one. So charity in front of her, and I'll have her describe it, has been asked to draw something to symbolize freedom. So charity, tell me from the student side, what do you see in front of you on your screen? Uh, so I have kind of a, well, for lack of a better term, a canvas in the middle. Um, and then down the left side, I've got all my little icons. I can select a brush, a line, the size of it. I've got some shapes there, a text option, an image option, polygon, undo, redo. Um, you can select your stroke or your fill color and your background color and an eraser. Yeah. So it's kind of a really washed down version of Google Drawings to me. Right. Yeah. Does, does it yeah. sort of remind you of that? Except like the, it's not the toolbar across the top. It's toolbar down the side. Or if you've ever um, worked in a drawing tool, it can look like that. So as she draws, she's going to draw what freedom symbolizes. And I, the sketch noter in me, of course, loves this one. And so they can draw on a canvas and, you know, go free crazy. And even like I'm thinking as a community builder in the mornings, like here, here's a word. Draw it. Draw me your best whatever it happens to be. And maybe something on topic. Um, if you're like for me, I'm going to, you know, talk about leadership today in my leadership class funny that um I might say okay draw a picture that represents that shows me a, a leader being effective and what might that look like and some of the kids are like ah, I don't want anything don't draw it I'm like okay, it's not art class we're gonna be fine so then I can reveal her answer and oh she drew a Canadian flag which is what I draw too for freedom it's so good all right the second to last one that I will show you here is uh, this is an annotation so what I've done in this case is you can upload an image and I've uploaded an image of the map of Canada with only the province names on it. And I've said, draw an X on, sorry, province and territories. Sorry, people in the territories. I love myself the yellow knife. I don't want to exclude. Um, draw an X on each province or territory where the capitals are found. 
so again, if we're studying like Canadian geography and they have to be like, oh, okay, well, where is Toronto? Where is um, I, 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 Victoria, right? Because Victoria, not Vancouver. Am I right? Am I like, am I being a bad Canadian right now? Um, I, <laughs> and so they, students can go on and just draw on top. So I love this, like science teachers who are like, oh yeah, I want it. Like draw me a molecule of something or, you know, label this diagram. In fact, I was originally going to put the female reproductive system charity and have you point to certain things. But then I, I thought, no, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the Canadian, the map of Canada instead. But I think this is really good. Or show me the journey of right and you put another map and people can show like if you're doing like a, a, a book like where you're studying um the underground railroad ra railroad and you want to have them show where it started and where they end up when you're studying that book right where it's black history month and maybe that's something you want to you want to talk about although i would celebrate more of the black joy and excellence than i would slavery but you know, different things we can do here. So Charity has put her stuff on. It's really little for me, but I can pop that out and look. And she's done a pretty, she's done a pretty good job, I think. Yep. Ontario's a little bit far, or Toronto's a little bit north. It's, it's a little, she's about Sudbury for us here, but that's okay. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. We're down, we're down a little bit, but that's good. Um, so we have, and, and she didn't do anything on, on none of it or on the Yukon, but that that's okay too. That's okay. I didn't know where they were. <laughs> See, that's awful, right? I remember I had a I had a I had a geography teacher that I used to teach with on the first day of grade nine geography. They would say, "Draw me a map of Canada," and they'd give them a blank sheet of paper and to see how well they could actually draw the shape of our country. And it's amazing that you know it to see it, but then you don't know it. It's like I could probably name you. I could tell you all the names of this. I know the names of the states, but have you ever done the name every state game? And you have to try to sit and name them yeah. as a Canadian. Yeah. Or like telling your American friends to sing the Canadian national anthem and they get the first two words and that's it. Um, no okay. Canada. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So the last question I have is uh, a poll. And in this one, I've just said, okay, who would you most like, most want to have dinner with? So I've said Wab Canoe. Um, I said Terry Fox, Chris Hadfield, or Viola Desmond. So these are famous Canadians. Of course, Wab Canoe is a well-known um, political figure and activist for FNMI rights. Terry Fox, we know from the Terry Fox run and the Marathon of Hope, he right for my for our American friends, here's your Canadian history lesson. Um, he <laughs> ran across Canada or tried to run across Canada a marathon every day he ran, uh, raising for cancer awareness. He eventually succumbed to his cancer. Chris Hadfield was uh, first Canadian in the International Space Center. He lived for, I feel like it was nine years there, although it wasn't that long. <laughs> um, and he's amazing. And then Viola Desmond is on our $10 bill and she was um, an abolitionist a Canadian abolitionist, uh, and she's a very famous black Canadian to be celebrated. So Charity has said, Terry Fox, very interesting. See, I, this was hard for me. I don't know if I could pick it, but for this too, like imagine starting your class with this for the community building. Yeah. So, and again, you don't need to do every question type. I've, I've gone way too long for a podcast to go through, but I wanted Charity <laughs> to see it. Um, but I, I just really think spiral.ac again, owned or well, sort of under the umbrella of um, discovery education is really rich and totally free right now while we're, we're learning remotely. And I've wondered, I keep looking to see like, Oh, not everyone's remote. When are they going to take it off? Cause we've seen a lot of at tech companies take them, but it's still there and it's still going strong. And I think it's pretty awesome. I've talked a lot. Go ahead, Charity. Go tell me what you think. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think Spiral is pretty darn awesome. There's a lot of potential here for what you could do with it and um, just how you can get feedback and, and uh, 
formatively assess your students, for sure. I love the options. The two that you've shown me are so great. Um, I was skimming through and looking at the possibilities with the other ones. I think there's a lot, a lot of potential here. And I'm going to pull a gem for the love of Spiral. Keep this free for teachers. For the love. For the love, Spiral. We normally only for the love Google, but I love that. Let's for the love everybody. All right. I think we are going to end off with two itty bitties. I know you have an itty bitty and I have an itty bitty and I love your itty bitty because you are right. It is so itty bitty, but so awesome. Give me your itty bitty Shuki Giphy. Yeah. Okay. So I, I brought... Oh, we lost charity for a second. This is the fun thing. Elon Musk. Elon, for the love, Elon, bring Charity back. Yeah. Oh, you're back, okay. Charity. Now you're back. There you go. <laughs> All right. So this little one, um, I just think it's so great. And when I saw it, I just thought this is life changing. Like for me, it's life changing because I'm a big person who, when I was in the classroom and now with my kids, when I'm editing their work, I love to use the suggestive edits in Google Docs. And they recently, I don't know when this happened because I kind of stepped back from my computer come the new year. Um, so I noticed it like mid January and everyone was like, well, it's been there for a little bit. Well, for me, it was new. Yeah. So the little comment bubble, not only a comment, but it now has the suggestive edit option. So you don't have to go up to the little pencil and select suggestive editing anymore. Yeah, super huge. It's, I love it. It is Brilliant. super huge. Good work, Google. You nailed that. Yeah, because how often are we like, oh, yeah, we, I forget that it's up there. And then I just start typing. And it just puts it right there. And really that collaborative nature of the Google Doc comes out. I totally agree with you. Love that little. If you've seen it on the yeah. side, the blue and the green, you're like, why not? That's what it is. It allows you to, to um, accept. Now, now, the other thing I want to tell people is let your students know when you make those suggestions, if they hit the check mark, it just changes things for them. I had a student reject yeah. every single one of my suggestions and they, they asked me, they said, will you go through this and just check for spelling, grammar, punctuation? I said, yeah, sure. So I went through and I made, I went into edit mode and I just made the suggestions. And then whether times I was like, oh, I want them to think about it, but like little periods, commas, semicolons, that sort of stuff. I changed. I asked all of them, like, why did you do them? Like, well, I, I changed them myself. And I was like, you know, if you push the check mark, it just does it for you. They're like, what? They had no idea. And this kid did all the work extra. Oh my goodness, this poor kid. At any rate. Okay. But it, it, it is good to tell them too to make sure they are reading it. Like my yes. daughter, when I do her work, she just goes through click, 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 yeah. click. I'm like, did you even read? They're like, no. No, I didn't. I didn't, Mom, because you did all the work for me. Yeah. Okay. My yeah, right. my itty bitty <laughs> is an old one. Um, but it came in handy for me this week. I want to remind people about the Wayback Machine. The Wayback, do you oh, know the so Wayback Machine, Charity? Yeah. I do. So yeah, the Wayback yeah. Machine, if you ever come across a situation where you hit a link and it's like, oh, this link no longer exists or this link is now broken. You're like, but it worked. Especially if you taught something like I did. Last semester, it was up and running, beautiful. I checked it two weeks before, like when I was building the first week of class, it was there and then boom, they moved the site or they changed it. It's like, <gasps> it was this beautiful infographic about ALS. We're reading Tuesdays with Maury. I was like, but I really need that site and I really wanted the students to use it for a discussion that we were having. So it just popped into my head and I was like, Wayback Machine. So you go to the Wayback Machine and it's linked, of course, in the show notes and it's archive.org slash web. It's a whole bunch of stuff. But if you Google Wayback Machine, 
you go there and it'll say at the very top, insert the URL. You insert the URL and then it shows you a calendar. And on that calendar, it will show you the last time there was any mm -hmm. kind of update or change on that site. So if, for me, I was like, I had to go back two weeks, the last time it was there, click that date and boom, the site that I saw was there. And then it gives you the URL to that archived site. So that will never be broken. That link never broken. So I'm like, beautiful. So I just pushed that out in Google Classroom to my students. And now the link that I loved wasn't broken anymore. I didn't have to go running around trying to find a new resource because there was one there that was great. Now, I'm not saying to use this for resources that are a thousand years old, but if there's something in the moment that you're like, oh, this is really good and I want students to see and it's broken, it is a great solution. The Wayback Machine for the win. Thank you for saving me because I fully had this whole discussion plan around this one infographic that I don't know how we would have found it otherwise. And I don't know why the ALS website changed it. For the love, ALS website. <laughs> what a great use of that. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's so great. I actually went into the Wayback Machine not too long ago to see to see myself on my old work site. I'm like, yeah, I actually did work there. Oh, uh, <laughs> hilarious. So you can you can you can past stalk yourself or others on the way back. That's right. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I, I was just checking out the uh, the capability of Wayback Machine and it was really neat just to yeah. go back to no, I, I loved it. And and I actually went back to see like I on that calendar, I was like, oh, were there other other iter other iterations of this um of this infographic? There wasn't, but it was interesting to see how things can evolve. It's sort of like using the the slider in Google um, Street View, right, to see how yeah. a neighborhood has changed. Seeing how a, web, a website evolves based on, you know, society, based on pop culture, based on whatever. You, I think it could be really rich if you had students explore it from that lens as well. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Love it. All right. Good share. That's it. That's all itty I have. Bitty. That's good itty bitties. Thanks for being here, friend. Thank you. This is fun. I uh, apologize for my internet blips, but okay. I was here. I heard you. I learned. I love the spiral. I know. I love the spiral. Too. I love all this. I'm so glad you shared whiteboard.chat because there are lots of great things that you can do with that tool, folks. Go check it out. And if you, uh, if you had anything in this episode, too, that you thought like, oh, that sounds really good, go check it out. And then you know what to do. You have the aha. You give it a go. We'll see you next time. Well, we'll won't really see you. I don't really see anybody, but I'll talk at you next time, folks. And Charity, thanks so much for joining. Thanks again, Jen. That's it for this week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at shooksandgif.com. That's S-H-U-K-E-S-A-N-D-G-I-F-F.com. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. On our website, on the embedded Flipgrid. Or by tweeting at us, sending us an email. Or talking to us in real life. I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual GIF with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and GIF. And as always, have an aha, give it a go. Shooks and GIF is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca.